Hello, this is Gary Hutchins with the Sunny Slope Church of Christ in Omaha, Nebraska. This is today's Bible class. A short, about a 13-minute Bible study each day, getting us into God's Word and thereby helping us to stay strong in our faith and even grow in our faith because faith comes by hearing the Word of God. But being in God's Word every day also helps keep us focused on our relationship with God. You know people in your life who need to change their focus in life, don't you? Probably some within your own family, in fact. Help them to do that by sharing these short studies with them every day, with everybody you can. Your family members, friends, work associates, neighbors, with literally everybody. You can share through Facebook friends, text messages, and other technological means, but make that commitment and start sharing today. You may help somebody turn their life around, come close to God, come to salvation through Jesus Christ, and get to heaven. What a great blessing for them but it will also be a great blessing for you. So start sharing these lessons every day with everybody you can. We're going to get back into our line of thought and study, asking the question basically, why are there so many, Christ, uh, so many churches? Why are there so many churches? All claiming to be followers of Christ, Christians. Well, did you know that you can be just a Christian? And again, that's exactly what God wants you to be. Not one brand of Christianity or some other kind of Christian, but he wants you to be just a Christian. Nothing more, nothing less, nothing else. Well, we've talked about how denominationalism, that principle, that, that basic development of mankind, not, you're not going to find that term in the scriptures, certainly not in, as pertaining to the church that the Lord came to establish in this earth. Denominationalism means division. And when we look at all the denominations out there, that's exactly what they have caused within the more general realm of what we would call Christianity. When you ask somebody, as far as their religious beliefs are concerned, well, what are you? Religiously, they'll name almost without exception, they'll name the name of their denomination. And in most cases, the name of their denomination does not even mention he who came to establish his church upon this earth, and that's Jesus Christ. When you think about denominationalism, it means division. To denominate is to divide something into units. Currency. Our currency is a common example. As we pointed out, you go into the bank, you cash a check for $500. Well, they may ask you, in what denominations do you want your money? And you might tell the banker, well, I would like five $100 bills, or maybe I would like 10 $50 bills, or 25 $20 bills, or maybe 50 10s, or maybe you want it all in $1 bills, 500 of those. It's all money. But our currency is divided into bills of various denominations. And each denomination has a different identity, a different identity and value. Again, to denominate is to divide into units. And that's exactly what denominationalism has done within the general umbrella of what we would call, and I would say loosely, Christianity. Well, is that what our Lord came to establish? Not at all. 
In Matthew chapter 16 and verse 18, Jesus said, And on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades shall not prevail against it. My church. He did not even say churches there. And he certainly did not say, Upon this rock I will build the denominational system of Christianity. (laughs) You see, I don't think most people... In fact, the vast majority of people really even stop and realize what denominationalism has done to Christianity. It has divided what is supposed to be Christianity into all kinds of different belief systems, different doctrinal beliefs, different plans of salvation. And let me tell you, a whole lot of them are not even close to what the rest of them believe and teach. Our Lord prayed for unity. On the night of his betrayal, he prayed this particular prayer to the Father. I do not pray for these alone, but also for those who will believe in me through their word, that they all may be one, as you, Father, are in me and I in you, that they also may be one in us, that the world may believe that you sent me. Jesus prayed for complete, absolute unity among his followers, those who would become Christians, just Christians. There's no disharmony. There's no division. There's no difference of opinion between God the Father and God the Son. That's what Jesus prayed for among his followers. And that degree of unity in belief, in teaching, and practice would be a powerful, a powerful statement and impression for the world around us, most of whom, or maybe we should say the population of most of whom, do not follow Christianity. But when we throw all of these denominational beliefs at them, is it any wonder that they walk away confused, not really knowing what they ought to be believing? But you see, the New Testament repeatedly teaches unity. We talked about how in the book of Acts, shortly, and I mean very shortly after the church was established on this earth, Acts chapter 2, verses 44 through 46 in describing the unity of the church as it was first established, it says all who believe were together and had all things in common. And they continued daily with one accord. Now that's unity. And it's not the kind of unity, the loose kind of unity, that denominationalism often preaches saying, well, let's all just agree to get along agreeably. That's not unity. That's division and just giving it a wink and a nod and trying to explain it away. Well, we move on to Acts chapter 5 and verse 12. And through the hands of the apostles, many signs and wonders were done among the people, and they were all with one accord. Acts 5 and verse 12. Unity of belief, conviction, and direction existed within the church in the early years of its existence. And much good was accomplished to God's glory through that united belief and that united commitment to spread the gospel of Jesus Christ throughout the world. 
the early church reached multitudes with the saving message of the gospel, which is the core message of Christianity. And the church, as a result, grew by leaps and bounds. Acts chapter 4 and verse 4. Acts chapter 5 and verse 14. Acts chapter 6 and verse 1 all talk about how the church multiplied, grew tremendously. In his various letters, the Apostle Paul taught Christians and the church as a whole to be united. In his letter to the Romans, he exhorted, be of the same mind toward one another. Now that's, that's unity. Do not set your mind on high things, but associate with the humble. Do not be wise in your own opinion. In other words, just stay with God's word. He encouraged them again. Now may the God of patience, comfort, grant comfort and, and uh, patience and comfort grant you to be like-minded toward one another, that you may with one mind and one mouth glorify God and uh, the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Romans 15 verses 5 and 6. The previous reading was from Romans 12 and verse 16. You see, that's complete unity. That's not piecemeal. That's not just saying, well, let's all just get along agreeably. You believe what you want, and we'll believe what we want, and all, it's all just a matter of private interpretation. Um, that's not what the scriptures teach. Peter wrote that no prophecy of scripture is a matter of private interpretation. But holy men of God spoke as they were moved by the Holy Spirit. God is not the author of confusion, 1 Corinthians chapter 14 but a peace. Denominationalism, all the different belief systems, all the different doctrinal teachings, that produces confusion. Confusion. In his letter to the Philippians, Paul repeatedly instructed the congregation to stand united. Let your conduct be worthy of the gospel of Christ that you stand fast in one spirit and one mind, striving together for the faith of the gospel. Philippians 1.27. He exhorted them to fulfill my joy by being like-minded, being of one accord, of one mind. Philippians 2 and verse 2. Let us walk by the same rule. Let us be of the same mind. Philippians 3 and verse 16. Be of the same mind in the Lord, Philippians 4 and verse 2. The Apostle Peter wrote, All of you be of one mind, 1 Peter 3 and verse 8. Does that sound like disunity is going to be okay? Different belief systems, different doctrinal beliefs, different plans of salvation is acceptable in God's eyes? Paul was emphatic in his letter, opening part of his letter to the Corinthians. In 1 Corinthians chapter 1, in verse 10, he said, I plead with you that you all speak the same thing, and that there be no divisions among you, but that you be perfectly joined together in the same mind and in the same judgment. 1 Corinthians 1, in verse 10. When you really break that down, he uses five different expressions in that one verse to emphasize their need to be absolutely united as the Lord's church. 
And when you believe different things doctrinally and teach different things doc doctrinally, you're not united. You're not united. In verse 13, he asked the question, is Christ divided? The obvious answer is no. No. Now, Paul's question should have shaken them to their very souls. The church is the body of Christ. Ephesians 1, verses 22 and 23. Colossians 1, in verse 18, and also verse 24. They should have, because they were experiencing disunity within the congregation, it should have shaken them to their very souls. And Paul continued to rebuke that congregation for their division in chapter 3. He said, I, brethren, could not speak to you as to spiritual people, but as to carnal, that is to worldly, as to babes in Christ. I fed you with milk and not with solid food, for until now you were not able to receive it, that is the solid food. And even now you are still not able, for you are still carnal. For where there are envy, strife, and divisions among you, are you not carnal? and behaving like mere men. For when one says, I am of Paul, and another, I am of Apollos, are you not carnal? 1 Corinthians 3, verses 1 through 4. Well, what about when somebody says, well, I am of this denomination, and I am of this denomination. Oh, and I belong to that denomination over there. That's division, my friend. And that's carnal. That's of this world. That violates the unity that Paul was instructing for the Lord's church in Corinth. And because it's inspired scripture, he was instructing it for the Lord's church everywhere in every generation. Let's stop and pray. Father, we thank you for blessing us with your son coming to this earth, not only to go to the cross and die to pay the price for the guilt of our sins, but also, Father, to establish his church upon this earth so that we could be your family. We could be the body of Christ. We could be just Christians. Help us to be exactly that. Nothing more, nothing less, and nothing else. Please forgive us, gracious Father, and hear a prayer. In Jesus' name, amen.